0: This is
1: the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin. With me this week are two regularly awesome people and one fantastic individual. I'm here with Tia Vasilio. Hello. Nick White. Hey. And Ryan Brown. Hello. Thanks for joining us this week, guys. I'm super excited that you're all here. Um, But let me ask the question that I ask every single week. I guess we have a special guest this week. Maybe I can introduce him. He can tell us a little bit about himself, what he's working on, and all that jazz. Ryan, how are you?
2: <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Would you would you like me to introduce myself?
1: Yeah, if you could.
2: All right, I'm gonna do it. Get ready. Uh, <laughs> hi, I'm uh, I'm Ryan Brown. Um, I currently uh, make a book for Image Comics called Curse Words that I draw and co-create and sometimes color. And issue 13 just came out, and we're working on 15 right now. Uh, And then I also have a Kickstarter going for my other book, which I write and draw, called God Hates Astronauts. Um, So yeah, so I write and draw comics.
1: You're all inside of it. That's awesome. Uh, (laughs) Well, like I said, let me ask the question I ask every single week. How has everyone been? How have comic books been? Let's start with you, Nick.
3: Uh it's it's been a real busy week. Uh it ultimately concluded with me deciding to configure and set up this computer for recording uh in the hour before doing so. So this that was a real smart decision on my part, clearly. Um, I'm real proud of you, Nick. Yeah, I uh, well, wait and see. Wait and see the the proof is in the pudding, I suppose. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we'll wait and see how this thing turns out. It's been a very oddly valiant week for me. I know uh oddly everyone rolls their eyes, of course it was, right? But I read uh, a couple things I read Exo Manowar 13 We find out why he was in space all along It's real sad It involves kids getting hurt Uh, It's real depressing Eternity 3 and 4 Bloodshot Salvation 7 Ninja K or Ninjak If you're feeling like you don't want to feel obligated To go with that new renaming of it Uh, Mm -hmm. Dr. Star in the Kingdom of Lost Tomorrows the new Jeff Lemire book from Black Hammer just really want to say that book's real good that book's real sad too oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember who does the art on that book though Um, that's just gonna I don't know why that's not coming to me Um, Deathbed number 2 Riley Rossmo, Joshua Middleston Joshua Williamson Jesus Uh, Batman 39, Future Quest Presents number 6 Uh, But the book I want to talk about is Bloodshot Salvation number eight That's Jeff Lemire and Renato Guedes on art Uh, Guedes has a real painterly style um, that we haven't really seen much in terms of Bloodshot issues Uh, So it's it's a real difference uh, from what we're used to Really really enjoyed it. Uh, Very interesting to see it sort of come on the back end of Jeff Lemire's number seven issue Which of Bloodshot Salvation, which was a completely blackout issue Uh, We had word art, uh, we had panel shapes, but we did not have any actual art until, minor spoilers, the last page, uh, because Bloodshot's been uh, in the dead side, he can't actually see anything, so Lemire crafted this whole issue around, like, not literally (laughs) him being blind until the last page. Really, really clever. Uh, That was seven. I really wasn't certain if he was going to pull it off, but he did. Eight was really, really gorgeous, nice sort of backdoor pilot to Shadow Man number one, which I guess apparently you're supposed to read this. Before you read that, really, really great to see all of the characters sort of crafted by by Guede's artistic vision. And, of course, it's got Bloodhound in it, which is my most favorite thing of all. Uh, I love that dog so much. Uh, if anything ever happens to that, I'm probably quitting the book. That would really do me in. Uh, but he he has n- nanite-infused blood, and he really can't seem to die, so I don't think that's going to be a problem anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> the last thing I want to say about this book is this. Like, I love all of these... Bloodshot I'm sorry valiant pre-order edition books because you get all this extra stuff in the middle of the book It's chock-full of process work. You get scripts you get Process art you get concept art you get all this different stuff, but they need to stop putting it in in the middle of the book I don't know why they decided that's what they wanted to do But sometimes you end up seeing process art for a page that you haven't actually gotten to yet
2: what?
3: Yeah, well, think <laughs> about very it. Strange. I know yeah. it's really bad. Or like me, you're a real idiot, and you end up reading a page, and then you get to the process part of it, and you end up rereading the page, and then you're like caught in this weird time warp, <laughs> That's or, or or you know TLDR, <laughs> I'm just real dumb is really what it boils down to. So sure. so valiant, just move it to the back. I realize you're trying to be unconventional with your back matter. Just put it in the back. That's why it's called back matter. <laughs> Keep it there. Like, I don't want revelations four or five pages ahead of getting to them. So, so that's me. <laughs> wow. Sir. Well,
1: that, I, I'd love to hear your whole dissertation on this. I know. Yeah, I'm just, sure so. he has one. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Uh, Tia, how have you been? How have comic books been?
4: I am fantastic because last night, my team won NCAA Women's Gymnastics Championships in a stunning upset, and it was magical, and...
1: Who won versus who?
4: Okay, so Oklahoma always wins, and they literally were about to win. And then Mm -hmm. UCLA's star senior put up two perfect tens, which is unheard of in in finals. And they won by four one-hundredths
3: of a point. Whoa. Whoa. Mike, I was trying to tell you all of this this yesterday. You just weren't listening. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
4: So Ryan, just to fill you in, um, my goal in life is to make all of my comic book people gymnastics fans so that um, because a lot of times the big meets coincide with cons and I'll like be really excited and everyone's just like, I have no idea what you're talking about.
0: Yeah,
2: I I, I totally have sympathy for you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a huge baseball fan and uh, every year the baseball playoffs start at the exact same time as New York Comic Con. So every day of New York Comic Con is me sitting there at the show streaming games on my phone and then trying to find someone to go to a bar to watch the game with me like after the show (laughs) and it works so infrequently that it's the one weird comic show that instead of schmoozing afterwards I sometimes am just sitting alone at a at some pub in in Manhattan by myself watching watching baseball.
4: I'll tell you what cuz the world championship so gymnastics always coincide with New York Comic Con. So we'll just go to a sports bar and we'll have them put both up and we'll just be happy.
2: That sounds good. That <laughs> okay. totally sounds good. <laughs> it's really like man, it's such it's so frustrating that every year I don't know why Reed does it. I've I've yelled at Mike Negan many times about it but he just, you know, he just doesn't listen. He doesn't understand why yeah, it's, it's so important.
4: It's very incon-
1: Listeners out there, we need to write a letter to read Pop to fix this. <laughs> we need all of you out there.
2: I think that they've already, you know, rented out Javits Center for like the next 10 years or something, sure. so it's probably maybe yeah. we have
3: to ask Major League Baseball to change the plan. I was going to say it sounds like that'd be the alternative. <laughs> <laughs> so,
4: <Yeah. laughs> good. This sounds like a good plan. And in, uh, in terms of Comics. I um, I read Assassinistas number four. I read Star Wars Adventures Annual number one, which is lovely and adorable. Everyone should be reading that. I read Curse Words number thirteen. I hear that's a pretty good book. Uh, <laughs> I the one that I wanted to call out this week is Skyward number one by Joe Henderson, Lee Garbett, Antonio Fabella, and Simon Boland. Basically, I'll read anything that Lee Garbutt works on because I love him. So I was really excited that, to see him on an ongoing again. And I actually felt like that I wish this issue had been longer. It felt like it was part of an episode or an issue. And so I'm going to be a little patient with it and let it kind of establish itself. The The concept is like one day gra- gravity like becomes uh, so so weak that everything on earth just starts floating into the sky, which is terrible. And <laughs> so um, there's this family and I think the father has something to do with it. He's like a scientist, maybe. And so, um, you know, as the daughter grows up, you know, he's like very overprotective of her, but she she seems like she's like a delivery person or something, which is very dangerous. And so I don't know. It's hard to establish new rules for the world, and so I understand why it can be kind of hard to get it going in a first issue. And I hope that some of this will kind of flesh out as as I'll give it like an arc, probably to just kind of let let things happen. And I'm so here for father daughter sci fi save the world. So I'm really you know I'm in I'm in it to to let that happen. And I also just wanted to shout out to the sort of like different bodies that were in this uh, in this issue there were um there was like a guy with, who had no legs below the knees and there were just larger bodies and i actually think that's really interesting because people with those kinds of bodies would definitely experience a low gravity situation differently than what we think of as like a default body in comics and so i really hope that those characters get a story arc you know
2: that's yeah. That's, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, I I did, would have never even considered that. That's so cool.
4: Yeah, I yeah. I hope it's not just a like a one off. Yeah. Anyway,
2: um, that's me. I, I oh. assume there's not going to be a storyline, but maybe there will be of everyone intentionally gaining as much weight as possible so they don't <laughs> float yeah. as much. It's <laughs> yeah. now
0: yeah.
2: It's now that a matter of self preservation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then and then just our society course corrects that. Uh, that the most obese people are the most attractive because they've managed to um, control their gravity better than anyone else and they've <laughs> because become they because they have floated into the sun not floating yeah. right
0: right
4: <laughs> <laughs> well um, i don't know you should give you should give these guys a call and and maybe you guys could we could do like a spin-off series with them
2: yeah, I I met I met Joe many many years ago, um, but uh, I you know I could I could maybe drop him a line see if he'll let me <laughs> through, do a do a spinoff about, yeah. about people eating to not float
1: rekindle that flame <laughs> over burgers you know <laughs> yeah that's right. well Ryan let me ask you this is the first time you're on the show how have you been how are you how have comic books been what have you been reading
2: uh, I haven't been reading anything oh no um, and and I and I think that that is. Uh, Kind of a big part of working in comics at this point, Mm -hmm. uh, because most of my friends do not read comics anymore. Because I don't know, it's just it's a job. It's a very labor-intensive job, and when I go home, I don't really want to read comics. Gotcha. Um, I still I still buy them. Like I still support my friends' books, and I you know have poll lists and stuff. But it's just becoming bigger and bigger long boxes. um, Where you know I'd like I'm currently. Doing a monthly comic where i'm not just drawing it i'm doing a lot of uh, you know design on the book and coloring and and coming up with ideas and so it's you know it tends to be about a 60 hour a week job oh wow um and then i don't uh, so i don't like i don't even think about comics like when <laughs> i'm when i'm done with them and i find i remember when I was in, like, high school or something, I read I read an article with Dave Sim, and he was talking about how they asked him what comics he was reading, and he said he never reads comics anymore. And I remember thinking that that was totally insane. Uh, and then I realized the reality of it, you know? It's like, I don't know, the, the person that works at a candy factory doesn't eat candy when they go home, you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm really looking forward to finally reading the third uh season of kaiju max which Ooh, is yeah. my favorite book um on the stands and um i just i don't know i'd let it build up and then um it's sitting on my nightstand and i it's just been sitting there for months so
3: didn't i hear through the grapevine somewhere that you were actually originally slated to be the artist on that at some point ryan
2: yeah 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 uh Z- um, that book came about because Xander and I wanted to work together. So he figured out, like, the idea of a kaiju prison um, as a fun thing for me to draw. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then, you know, like, he fleshed it all out and, and we went back and forth on it forever. I drew some pages of the first issue. I did all the, a bunch of character designs. Um, and then that's when Image... Um, contacted me about doing God hates astronauts as a monthly book so
0: oh, and that's, okay. like,
2: that's like my baby
0: you yeah. know
2: like that's my dream job so um, so I just said to Xander like take everything that we've done together and honestly 99% of the ideas were all his anyways so um, and just do it yourself so that's that's what happened but uh, they're, they're putting together a, a Kaiju max hardcover which mm. um, I'm not sure how much is in it of the story. I don't know if it's just the first season or the first, it probably is the first two seasons, I would guess.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
2: but, uh, Xander was just emailing me yesterday about getting, um, high res versions of all my work to put in that hardcover. So we're going to do, it's going to, so no one's ever seen that stuff. So it will be in, it will be in the hardcover and then we're going to do like a commentary talking about the development of the book early on. Very
1: cool. Well, I'm, I, but it sounds like you're you're doing okay then, even though you're not reading comics.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it's just been uh, it's been crazy. I, I uh, been to get Curse back on track. I mean, the book has never been late, mm-hmm. and so you know, like with doing several comic shows already this year and spending time doing taxes, I was really behind. So, I just drew issue fourteen in ten days which is the fastest by far that I've ever drawn a comic. Um, So, you know, I was working 12 to 14-hour days um, every single day for 10 days. Um, So, you know, like get up at 8, start working, and then work until like midnight, 1, and go to sleep and repeat for 10 days in a row. So... Uh, I haven't read any comics. Because, <laughs> okay. yeah,
4: like, you're not the kind of artist who has a lot of white space. And, you, you know, I, you really pack a lot into every panel. So I cannot imagine how dead you were after those 10 days. Yeah, I
2: mean, it's pretty rough. Like, my, my drawing, my drawing callus on my on my fingers uh, is pretty substantial at this point. Oh, uh, wow. But, but yeah, like, I don't know, just like the fatigue, the eye fatigue and the, the you know, like, I, I work standing up. Um, and have entirely for about four years. Um, so just like the physical fatigue of standing for 12 to 14 hours working is, uh, is something else, but you know, it's a fun job,
0: Yeah,
2: (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I'm also a person that doesn't like to, um, be late. And so, um, you know, it's just kind of a thing of, you know, comics, monthly comics, like, the, the reason why comics need to be monthly is to get our story art out in pieces so that we can make some money on it in pieces to, to survive working on it. Um, and if your book is not regular, then people stop thinking about it and stop ordering it, and um, so it kind of falls off. So, um, you know, my job is as much about making a good story as it is making it in time,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, which is something that you know having done this professionally for many years now i realize why so many decisions happen in comics that as a fan for years reading them never seemed to make sense like why bad artists kept drawing popular books and um you know like why why fill-ins happen so much why backgrounds disappeared in you know certain issues and why they'd be weird faces every once in a while um and and all of it is just based around time right and being able to hit a schedule um which is kind of uh i think it's kind of unique to the art form of comics i mean maybe you see this in television as well but uh the art form is so uh like controlled by the schedule uh and comics would be very different i'd make very different comics if i didn't have to produce them as fast as i do like Mm -hmm. now On Cursed Words, I barely pencil, so it's like I draw... I put in, like, perspective grids, and I will draw figures, uh, like, very loosely, and then I just make all the... I draw the faces and do all the detailing, like, in the inks. So um, if I didn't have to produce at this rate, that would not... My art would not look the way it does. Uh, But, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's getting too deep into
3: this no let's <laughs> i think there's but, something uh, fascinating about art on a deadline you know you don't see that in all mediums and as you were saying maybe you see it with tv but you have all these other mediums where people are sitting around for months or weeks or whatever crafting their piece to resistance and yet you guys are working day in and day out month in and month out and i think there's something really interesting about creating a product and on a deadline like that, yeah. And as you much know, as it might stress I, you out, I don't mean to—I don't mean to like be a total jerk to keep us on schedule,
1: but I want to—I want to get through the first half of this really quick, and then we can go into all of this because this is super fascinating. Um, but uh, I'll quickly list my comics, and then we can move on. Um, Sorry, no, no, that, that's totally fine. Like Ryan's I was fault. just enamored, and I was like, oh wait, shit, we have, <laughs> we have things to get to. Um, so, I, real quick, I read Monster Volume Two, which is the uh, Urasawa fantastic detective horror-ish story suspense it will totally blow your mind um sleepless number five x-men red number two and three fence number five and then i got most of the way through transformers more than meets the eye volume five i won't go into any detail because i mostly just want to hear what you were going to say in response to nick ryan <laughs> um but uh comic books are released on april 25th 2018 here's what we're excited for this week let's start with you tia
4: I am excited for Doctor Afra number nineteen. I really need to get caught up. Uh, I haven't really been keeping super on top of this series since they added Cy Spurrier to the creative, so he's co-writing it now with Kieran Gillen. And right. uh, so, I when I left off, Triple Zero is forcing Afra to like basically do his bidding. And uh, this actually, I think, brings up some really interesting philosophical questions about droids and free will and all of that sort of thing. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just like I'm going to binge next month or next week when this comes out and catch up.
1: I, I feel like the whole do droids really think or do they have free will has been a theme growing ever so slowly throughout the Star Wars franchise. I think you saw it in something like rogue one and you saw it maybe more in the force awakens the last jedi with someone like bb8
4: i blame transformer stands who (laughs) want to fuck robots
3: i you know what i can get behind that (laughs) that's probably not the right turn of phrase mike (laughs) nick what are you excited for this upcoming week (laughs) uh i'm definitely excited for aliens dust to dust number one uh, I know, big surprise. Uh, of course, this is being uh, written and drawn by Gabriel Hardman with um, colors by Rain Barreto Ooh. So, yeah, this is only a few months after James Stokoe wrapped uh, Alien's Dead Orbit. I know it doesn't seem like it was really. Um, it seems like it was a long time ago, but honestly, because that last issue took forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we've got this just in time for Alien Day on April 26th, aka uh, LV 426. So much like Dead Orbit, we once again have another series. It's a mini series. That's largely the re- the project or you know results of one person, Gabriel Hardman, who recently drew and co-authored Green Lantern Earth One with his wife Corinna Beck Becko. It, w- it wouldn't be a show without botched names. So there's there's the one for this week <laughs> that we Add got her to figure to the out. Uh, yeah. Put her on the list. Right. So they also collaborated on Invisible Republic, where they shared the exact same duties. The art looks actually darker and sketchier than some of Hardman's other work. Uh, it almost looks like a halfway step between Hardman and Francovia, so that's kind of interesting so all you need to know is that basically it's a kid and his mom trying to escape a planetary evacuation on LV 871 which is the Trono colony which I mean come on everyone knows that just kidding that was just invented for this come on Uh, where of course Jesus Christ Nick come on (laughs) everyone knows about LV 426 and LV 871 we all we all have these memorized it's not that unreasonable to expect this of true fans okay (laughs) (laughs) Uh, anyway
4: send your angry letters to nick white he is on twitter yeah. at death star <laughs> Plants.
3: <Star> <laughs> send your xenomorph gatekeeping uh, rage to me uh yes please Anyway, uh, so we don't know whether or not the aliens are actually the cause of the evacuation or if it's an evacuation taking place at the same time. Uh, it doesn't matter. People are going to get killed by aliens, and it's just going to be a bad time all around for everybody. So I'm I'm on board. It looks beautiful, and it's probably going to be real, real scary.
1: That's great. Um, for me this week, I'm excited for all-new Wolverine number 34. This is by Tom Taylor and Ramon Rasanas. This is the old woman Laura storyline, so they're basically taking the old man Logan thing and, you know, doing it to every fucking character in the Marvel Universe. However, I hated this idea when it came out. And after the last issue, I forgot that Tom Taylor knows what the fuck is up, and he wrote a fantastic issue. President Kamala Khan, anyone? Um yeah like the the whole book was just these nice little intricate things that were if you're paying attention you're like oh that's actually really cool the way that he you know that that was built up and the art is fantastic um so tom taylor's doing a solid by this book i really shouldn't be surprised he's been kicking ass on this whole series which is why i was going to talk about x-men red earlier but i decided not to because i know like I hate this book, but I keep reading it because Tom Taylor's on it. So, anyways, Mike. I'm all for this. I think
3: that... I know. This is classic trash, man, here. Um, it sounds like the color books are being really uh, overshadowed within the last month or two with all of the recent stuff coming out. Yeah,
1: I... I don't know. I don't pay attention to the Marvel news anymore. Nothing makes sense. Nothing matters. I just read these books. Did you read Exiles, Mike? Oh, th- uh, yes, I did. <laughs> of course I did. Okay. Solid and on that book, man. How could I not read it? Anyways... I just wanted the last thing I'll say about this. I believe this is the last issue of this series, and my heart is breaking. But I trust Tom Taylor to do this book right and end it correctly. If I'm wrong, I, I, if I'm wrong, and this isn't the last issue, then I'll, I'll take the slap in the face. But um, I believe this is his last issue, and so I figure, let's just go all the fuck out. Like, let's just. Pre- like break out every single possible crazy thing they could possibly do and
3: um just ro- roll with it. It's the last issue of the series, so why not? Well, that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that these more like outlier uh X-Men books are really starting to be the 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 quality titles now. Generation X started this. I'll just Christina Strange, she
1: started it and now everyone else is rolling with the tide and I'm just I'll miss that book, but I'm glad what it started.
3: Is she the one that did um She did Generation X. Is that the one with the eye boy or whatever? Yes. Or? and nature girl who can talk to birds, you know. <laughs> I think she just got promoted as an editor over at, um. oh, jeez. Marvel? I, I, no, I don't want to be wrong on this. I think oh, okay. you're
4: right, though, Nick. I
3: yeah. can't remember who it was, but yeah. So, you'll have to figure that out. Yeah,
1: definitely. I mean, I'll pretty much read anything she writes as well. So, if she's an editor on something, I imagine her collaborativeness is probably very, like, overwhelmingly positive. Um, She built a lot of trust in my heart with the characters that she portrayed oh so well. Before we start the second half of the show, I want to remind everyone that we have a Q and A episode coming up on May 16. If you have any questions you want to hear the I Read Comic Books group answer, send them our way, and we will answer them on the show. And if you're lucky, maybe we'll send you a sticker or something like that. Or if you want to just go buy a sticker, you can go buy them at store.ircbpodcast.com. Now, enough with the plugs. We're here with Ryan Brown, and we were talking about some really cool stuff before the break. We've got a thousand and one questions to ask him. So Tia, Nick, I want one of you guys to start with that, and we'll just move from there.
4: I want to talk about the cat.
1: Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) Period, that's it.
4: I love your cat, Um, and I was really disappointed to learn that he doesn't do conventions, so I couldn't get him to sign my variant cover that he posed for.
2: Yeah, sorry about that. It, I let I let Charles sign.
4: You so is the beard photoshopped or does does the cat wear a costume?
2: Um, I bought him uh, two different wizard hats, and it did not go very well. So, <laughs> uh, it's all photoshopped.
4: I'm just gonna say that my cat loves wearing costumes. She really, actually does. And yeah. so, if you ever need another cat cover model, she's like ready. All right,
2: that sounds awesome. <laughs> we're we're <laughs> a very I'm cat friendly
1: podcast over here. I've got two cats that were screaming earlier before we started recording. So, you know, we like that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah,
4: yeah. Um, Maybe she could have some words to like explain to your cat
1: that it's fine. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't I just don't think he could, he could be convinced you know like he's just he's too wild and crazy you know
1: some cats they you know they they need to be contained or else um. <laughs> so i guess you know you, you so you right now you have a kickstarter going on for a little book that you've done what's what's that called
2: it's uh, called 3D cowboys 2D spectacular <laughs> and it is a god hates astronauts kind of spin-off book that's Largely out of continuity from the God Hates Astronauts series. Okay. Um, and, yeah, so it kind of stands as, as a, it's, it's like an anthology book of a bunch of short stories of the characters in the universe. Um, that, you know, characters die, characters, you know, aren't where they should be in continuity. It's just, you know, it's kind of like fun, just side stories. None of it's, none of it's taken too seriously because it's, you know, a comic book. Right. Right, and so
1: this, this all came about... I mean, God Hates Astronauts was, like, one of the first Kickstarters you did. You did do another one before that, right? hmm
2: Yeah, I did. Uh, my first one, it was kind of just, like, a proof-of-concept thing. Um, I did a book called Blast Furnace Recreational Thief, which was a book that I spent only one hour writing and drawing each page, and I had no script and intentionally didn't think ahead. Oh. So I did that book for... I was going to do it for a whole year, five days a week, a page a day. Um, but I got about six months in, and I couldn't get anyone to read the webcomic. So uh, so I just I bundled it all together in a softcover collection and did my first Kickstarter was of that. So it was just like a, a really small black-and-white book, um, so I could kind of figure out how Kickstarters work before I went and did something stupid like... Uh, A giant 186-page hardcover God Hates Astronauts book, which is (laughs) the next, uh, um, you know, albatross that I had to handle after that.
4: I feel like I hear you talk about spontaneity or improv or, you know, you just a few minutes ago were talking about doing, uh, you know, an issue of Curse Words in 10 days. Uh, I think I read God Hates Astronauts originated as a 24-hour comic. Is that right? Like, like. So, I just I don't know. It sounds like you're the kind of creator who just kind of lets it happen. And can you talk about like did you set out to make that kind of spontaneity your signature approach and how do you how do you go back and kind of edit and refine your ideas without kind of buffing out all of that spontaneous energy?
2: Um I think it's because I don't go back and edit and refine (laughs) ideas, you know. Good. (laughs) I I really I I'm pretty good at problem solving through stories and finding connections. Um, I'm not super good at sitting down and planning it all out and figuring out how it works. Like when I did the ten issues of God Hates Astronauts for Image, um, I had ideas for scenes and for jokes and. Um, like a, a basic overarching kind of story of where it would go, but I didn't write any scripts. Um, I just started by thumbnailing the first issue, and then I don't write any dialogue until I've drawn the whole thing, and I have to make a lettering um, pass for my letter. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. Oh. I I, <laughs> I got really good at finding connections and setting up like a logic to the world that makes it easy to not plan. Um, and the other thing that I do is I will throw in details that I don't know what they mean at the time, and then I later figure it out. Um, <laughs> so, That's so wild. far so good. Yeah. I kind of love that, though. <laughs> so far yeah. so good, yeah. 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 <laughs> like, um, you know, like especially with like Blast Furnace, so I ended up doing another six um, issues of Blast Furnace, and then I did... My third Kickstarter was for um, a 256-page collection of um, 12 months of page-a-day comic uh, of Blast Furnace. Um, and so it's got, like, flashbacks within flashbacks within flashbacks within, you know, tangents, and, like, it just meanders around. And Because I started that whole book with just the design of the character and his name, Blast Furnace, and then I just started. Um, so, like, through that process of doing... Um, a page a day for 200 and some days. Uh, it it really made me more confident that I could think on my toes and make things work. Um, so so yeah, like that was that was a big uh, that was a big moment for me in terms of making me not be afraid to just mess around and and like trust my instincts that I'll be able to figure something out. I mean sometimes it. know sometimes it's kind of a forced conclusion or wrap-up um and other times i get kind of shocked that it ended up so like solid and there you know i I try to like think about callbacks a lot and um you know like a cyclical kind of story arc where you start somewhere and you end up in almost the same spot at the end and finding humor in that I feel like
4: there's a really like deep life philosophy in this where it's like <laughs> the universe doesn't care about you and it's completely random and you have to make things mean something by making them mean something.
2: Yeah. I mean, there there is something to be said about just doing it.
0: Yeah. Right?
2: Um, and like I feed off of my own work. So when I, when I'm doing an issue and like I will thumbnail out the full issue and then by the time I'm drawing the first page based on my thumbnailing. I come up with other jokes, or while I'm drawing it, I think, well, wouldn't this be funny to put this in here? And then sometimes I have to throw away the thumbnails that I did because I decided to take it in this other direction. And I think it would be funnier to, to you know, tell a story of a security guard that's standing in the background of one page <laughs> instead of following the actual story, you know? Right. So um, I just don't. At this point, um, especially doing humor books, it's 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 always like being a stand-up comedian and telling a joke and then you don't find out if anyone thinks it's funny for like six months, you know? So <laughs> it's like a strange kind of feedback, lack of feedback that you get when you're trying to do humor that um, at this point, enough of my jokes have hit with people that I just have to trust that I my instinct's on it, you know?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so... Yeah.
3: Ryan, I heard when you were working on um God Hates Astronauts that you were watching a lot of Adult Swim at the time and I have to say that that uh definitely comes through. Definitely the Aquatine comparison is there. Um Yes, I, I love agree. When you when you have characters that are suddenly alive again and have no business being so and uh buildings that show up and then disappear and then get destroyed and um One show that actually came to mind for me that I was curious if it was any sort of inspiration um, was Frisky Dingo.
2: No, you know, I've never actually seen it.
3: Okay, okay.
2: uh, It's not, but at the time when I was doing God Hates Astronauts, like the first stuff, um, I was working at a comic shop and so much of the time was filled. Like, you know, we had a DVD player and some crappy, like, 15-inch TV or whatever and uh, I would just play... Over and over again, rewatching The Simpsons and Teen Hunger Force, and Space Ghost, um, like DVDs over and over again, <laughs> uh, just to kill the time. You know, usually I'd be like reading comics while, while watching those things. Um, so, I think that that it was a big influence for me. Um, the other thing that was a big influence was, um, All Price Citizens Brigade when they had their TV show on Comedy Central. Oh yeah, oh uh, sure, was yeah. Really big for me and uh mystery science theater is a huge one as well and i Mm -hmm. you know like i'm such a junkie for that stuff and i usually watch it while i work so then the humor from that kind of bleeds into what i'm doing and hopefully if i just combine all those influences um no one can tell that i'm stealing one particular thing you know it's like a mashup (laughs) of sensibilities so
3: well i have to i have to admit this is probably the first comic i've ever read with a with a sling blade reference in it so uh I I really appreciate that. I really love that your your sense of humor like really doesn't hedge any bets. You know, you either get the joke or you have no idea what you know what these lines are about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and that that I think is a,
2: a mystery science theater thing, like because that show would make references. There were so many jokes they would make references that they wouldn't worry about anyone getting. But if you got it, it made you feel really like a part of it.
3: Oh, sure, uh, yeah, absolutely. And
2: so that is something I, like, I have references, there are so many references in God Hates Astronauts, and a lot of them are just in the language people use, um, uh, like, there are so many Simpsons quotes in God Hates Astronauts that are just <laughs> not, not even, like, really recognizable quotes specifically, but they are to me because I've seen the episodes so many times, and right. And I never know if anyone gets them, but I you know.
3: I think you're now also the only comic book creator to ever use the an ex disgraced governor of Illinois as a uh, onomatopoeia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you're gonna be able to hold on to that title for a pretty long I, time. I think so. I, I you know that I thought about it when
2: I was doing that, that it would weirdly date it, um but then I just didn't really care. So well,
3: then you realize as <laughs> a Michigander, a- I got it. So I, I, I think you're fine. <laughs> yeah. <Awesome.
1: laughs> it's a timeless joke. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> so it sounds like you'd kind of go with the flow and, but you sort of roughly make plans. And so do, are there any, are there any like characters or jokes or things that you just couldn't fit in there or that you put aside for later and never ended up using that you would be able to tell us about or do you just kind of keep them in your back pocket in perpetuity
2: i i have a list on my phone of uh, character names and joke ideas um that like originally i wanted god hates astronauts to run forever and ever right um but it just obviously did not sell well enough to do that but so i have so many ideas that i never really used uh and maybe one day i will use them and that's that's part of why i've gotten back to doing where god hates astronauts is that i i there, there's so many of these types of jokes that i have banked that i really want to use and um i don't have time to draw that and curse words so that's why the the new god hates astronauts book is mainly drawn by guest artists
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, which is like a strange different way for me to work because it's all full script so I had to write full scripts which is something that i don't usually do with this kind of stuff um but then i encouraged all the 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 artists to just throw in whatever they want so there are a lot of pleasant surprises to me that artists threw in jokes and references they would throw in that aren't in the script um but yeah so i i I still have a lot of ideas that uh, i haven't used and characters i haven't used um but uh, one one character that i'm using in the new book that i never got to is uh he's a he's a robot named Wayne Jetski and he's
0: uh,
2: <laughs> a hockey playing robot that turns into a jetski and he's like a crazy <laughs> dude uh, yeah, i'm pretty excited to have Wayne Jetski be in be in the world
4: i want that you know when i was a little yeah. kid we used to go to kings games i i would love Wayne Jetski <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> he loves you too i'm sure He's really uh, this is why
1: you got to get the new book right so you can have wayne Jetsky in your <laughs> life
2: <laughs> As, there's i've got so many characters i've never been able to use and i it, some of them you know it's just a one-off uh, joke like in in god hates astronauts so there is one page where um there's just a there it takes place in a grocery store and there's a throwaway character It's this little Dracula dude that works at a grocery store, and his name is Count Stockula. (laughs) I just read this last night. (laughs) Yeah. So Count Stockula, he's just a throwaway, like, I don't know, like, he's a stock boy named Count Stockula, and that's (laughs) about it. There's no character there. But when I was asking the artists that worked on this book what characters they wanted to draw, I gave them a list, and two different people wanted to draw Count Stockula, So I had to figure out who the hell this character was and how (laughs) I could make that interesting. So there are two... uh, An artist named Ryan Lee is drawing a Count Stoculus story, and then James Heron is drawing a Count Stoculus story. Oh, man. And he's just this... He's a stock boy that's a Dracula. Like, he's not a character. (laughs) So I had to figure that one out.
4: You got to give the people what they want, Ryan.
2: I know, right? (laughs) But actually, like, this whole book, I wanted... um, everyone that I asked to work on it said yes, which was super thrilling because I kind of asked all the friends I had made that would be my like dream artists to work on it. Um, but in exchange for them saying yes, uh, I wanted them to do exactly what they wanted to do.
0: So mm-hmm.
2: I, I opened the door to whatever characters you want to draw. Um, I sent them outlines and then they got to say yay or nay. Does this sound like a story that would be fun to draw? And then, you know, I, I made sure to just let them do whatever they want. And, like, if you don't want to draw a bunch of cars in a scene, you don't have to draw. You draw no cars. That's fine. Like, <laughs> um, Is that why
1: people are driving around in the city and they aren't in cars? They're just, like, holding steering wheels because you didn't want to draw cars?
2: Yeah, that's why. Okay. Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, cars are... I can draw a card, but it's a miserable experience. So sure. So, y- you understand if you see them flying around with steering wheels. Right. That... They're driving, so, you know,
0: good enough.
1: <laughs> I mean, it took me, I, I think, it took me probably the fifth or sixth time I saw it to actually realize what was going on. I was like, oh, they're driving, but they just don't have cars, but I know what's going on. Like, it snapped in my head somehow, like, after the fourth or fifth time, like, oh, that's what's happening, dummy.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, comics are storytelling and communication, and uh, I, you know, like, you don't have to be an architect drawing a million buildings right Mm -hmm. like you can draw a suggestion so you know as as long as you can get the story across um you know i think anything anything is game you know and that's that's like that's how i use sound effects as well um (laughs) yeah since 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 they are you know comics is a silent medium so why not use sound effects to help explain what the story is and sometimes get a joke out of it um you know i think that 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 is more useful than uh, not having any sound effects which uh, to me always seems like it's just a silent comic and there's no sound effects i think mm-hmm. it's really off-putting um but i don't know i i also think a lot of people don't agree with that
1: hey i mean i i appreciate the the interesting use of sound effects in your books and i'd like to see more of it like there, there was a book that marvel ran for a little while called the incredible hercules and greg pack and I can't remember who else was on that book. They used onomatopoeias religiously like that. Like in in obviously less referential ways, but the onomatopoeias were a, a part of the joke in the major fights that they had throughout that book, which is great.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean that's it's like it's just it's another way of communicating, you know, and yeah. and and explaining the story, and I don't see any reason not to use them. You know, yeah. like there was that whole uh, thing in the early 2000s especially where you know this is comic is a movie like this is a serious this is just like a movie so we don't have any sound effects because that you know takes you out of that theatrical feeling and it's all oh, yeah. wide screen panels and all that stuff uh, but but hey guys everyone still has word balloons like <laughs> like this is not you're not fooling anyone that, that they're watching a movie when they're reading a comic like right. that's you can't just take part of the language out because you think it makes it seem cooler. Like right. I mean I guess you can, but I, to what end, you know? Like how does that, how does that help you to to just have guns firing with no noise and you know, like it, it's just like car crashes with no noise. Like that to me is just a weird silent still frame instead of an actual, you know, sensory thing where I can, you know, like imagine it better.
1: This is where motion comics yep. come in, right? <laughs> yeah, right.
4: <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I think it's true that there is, a, there is a certain genre in comics that takes itself very seriously. And, you know, it's fine. Those are there for people who want that. But sometimes it is just nice to read a book that's a little more like loose and fun and not so, I don't know not trying not working so hard to be something elevated and actually just like being good by putting in the work to make that medium work for the story if that makes sense sure so i don't know like i i really enjoy reading you know your books and comedy the books and books that kind of play with the medium just because it's i don't know it's like if i wanted to see that movie i'd watch the dark knight
2: Right, yeah. I mean, this is the experience you paid for, is a comic book. It's Mm -hmm. not a video game or a movie. You know, and comics can do things that those other mediums can't, just like those other mediums can do a lot of things that comics can't. Um, So I've never understood that desire. Like, I understand it as, hey, I make comics, I wish I was making movies, so I'm going to try and make this comic as much like a movie as possible. Um, Like, I understand that motivation, but I just think that it's... You're just hurting yourself, you know? Like, it's just... You're limiting yourself when you don't you don't need to.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, you would have to hire, like, an entire menagerie to do y- your comics as movies. I think that probably it's best to just draw them.
1: Get purchased by yeah. Netflix or something like that. Yeah. Um. yeah. <laughs> you
2: know, like, I mean, I have always wanted, you know... Like, I'm really... I like animation quite a bit, and I've always been like I'm more inspired by animation and television and and, and film than I am by comics. Um, mm-hmm. It's just like i I do not read well. and so um, I think that's why I would always read comics, but um, just t- but I you know I would gravitate towards you know cartoons and television and and movies much more. And so um, I think that sometimes my comics come from, Uh, have a different feel to them because it's me wanting to recreate um, more animation in using the language of comics, uh, and film using the language of comics. So, like, I know it's a comic, and I like using everything that a comic can do, but my sensibilities of storytelling um, come more from the Coen brothers than they do from Jack Kirby. Even though I've read Jack Kirby, but... But uh, in terms of timing and comedy, uh, you know, I read Mad Magazine growing up. But other than that, like, I I, I think that my humor comes mainly from The Simpsons and the timing of uh, the comedy and, and a show like that. Gotcha.
4: That actually, this is very enlightening, but also makes perfect sense. you know because when i first read curse words i was like you know all of the details in these panels are storytelling the angles that like if there's negative space like all of all of that is is taking part in the storytelling and hearing that you are more inspired by animation i feel like that makes sense as opposed to like you know literature or something
3: yeah and can I just say that I totally love that there's always a joke in every panel yes. if you're looking. Yes. There's always, like, like turning uh, Hurrah's Casino into hoorays, like, that was dumb but funny. I totally loved that. Uh, and I think one of the other things that I just have to say I totally love is... Uh, uh, who who came up with the idea of sort of taking the edge off of all the sports teams so the Yankees become the just the Northerners and the Jets become the airplanes <laughs> with a cheesehead hat homage to boot? You um, know,
2: that's it's a little bit of both of us. Um, okay, a, a lot of the decisions are like cross. You know, like Charles forward. will have an idea or I'll have an idea, then it will the other person will take it and run with it, and then you know it will be interpreted again. Um, so it's like a truly collaborative effort.
3: Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Like,
2: it, as you can tell with curse words, it, I'm not um, as unhinged to do all the crazy things that I do <laughs> in Gun Hits Astronauts, um, and I think that's probably good for the, for that story. Um, but I still try to put as much little stuff in there as I I can. Like um, I hide my cat Simon in every issue, and <gasps> I didn't. I didn't tell Charles I was going to do that until issue four was already on the stands and I told him about it. Um, oh. So that to me is like a little fun thing that you can like gives you a reason to go back and look or, you know, like hide, like, you know, it's just like, uh, I got she Do you remember in She-Ra? There was that character named Lookie that was hidden in every episode um <laughs> I don't know if you remember this at all. But, I, I did but I not used watch it. As a kid, you'd watch the episode and you'd try and find Lookie. Um and it was a character that wasn't really involved. And so that is actually where the idea for 3D Cowboy came from, uh, who is the narrator in God Hates Astronauts. He originally was a guy that I was just gonna hide in every panel. Um, <laughs> but then he slowly became a, a like a a fourth wall breaking narrator. You know, and so then I get to do fun things like making him like stretch out of the panel and lay on top of the panel, mm-hmm. and um, you know, go between two panels, and um, you know, just starting. Like I, I only really got started with it. Um, what I wanted to do uh, with with that volume of God hates astronauts, and then the 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 second volume, the The stuff I did for Image, it ends when 3D Cowboy gets arrested for murder, and so (laughs) it has the ending that's just a full um, like, a full, like, screw you kind of Monty Python, Holy Grail ending, where everything in the story is building and building and building, and you don't know how anyone's gonna get out of it, and then uh, the narrator gets arrested so the book ends, (laughs) because the book's over, because the narrator's in prison. So that's... That's why for the new God Aids book, 3D Cowboy is in prison. And he has this crappy son named 3D Millennial that <laughs> uh, is forced to go visit 3D Cowboy in prison in like, the jail visitation room. And then 3D Cowboy uh, teaches his son the art, the family art of narration by telling stories. So that's like the framework of the anthology. So I draw that whole framework um, where they are you know 3d cowboy is telling his crappy son all about telling stories and his son becomes increasingly changing from super disinterested to actually thinking his dad is kind of cool um and each of the stories are drawn by other artists and i write them so um, plus his dad's got all those sweet tats yeah life in prison's (laughs) been hard for him yeah like when we first see him when we first see him in there, he's like, he's got this bandage on his on his ass because he got shivved by, by a German fella in the showers. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, you, you interpret that any way you want. But, uh, like, some of this stuff is just, like, I don't know. And,
3: a little and bit there's bit there's Max sneaking in, huh?
2: Yeah, there's a Kaiju <laughs> Max reference in there. Like, uh, that was the one thing with Xander and I were talking about. Kaiju Max, all those years ago, was just how ripe... Uh the prison world is for telling stories because mm-hmm. of all the crazy drama and intensity and the types of characters and the allegiances and the danger and, you know, like it's it's all pretty fascinating. So this is my little attempt at telling a prison story.
3: Very cool. I was going to say, on the topic of hiding things in your book, I I have to admit I was so proud of myself because I was reading, I think it's in Curse Words Volume 1, I was looking through the... the page where wizard is on the plane and i was like that looks like charles and ryan on the plane in that panel and i was so proud of myself that i had figured this out and i was like i'm gonna point that out on the podcast and then i got to the end of the book and there's the artist profile and 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 co-creator profiles and there's the pictures of you on the plane and i was like oh great there goes (laughs) that sorry i'm sorry sorry but you
2: can go back and you can find my cat simon he's hiding in every issue that's awesome
3: Uh, i'm flipping through
2: through
4: right now and i found a few
2: yeah Yeah. what's what's great is that when you get really farther in the series uh sometimes he's in there multiple times
0: because Mm
2: -hmm. i'd be drawing it and then i'd forget that i'd already put him into that issue so he's in there a couple times
4: (laughs) (laughs) please tell him that we love him
2: yes i will
1: i definitely will well we're running out of tape so i don't want to keep ryan all day because like i said we have a thousand and one questions so final questions for ryan then we can wrap up here question
3: one singular go ahead nick Um, okay, I guess this one's super specific, but I am curious. Uh, Wizard has his three rules about, um, what is it? No cures, no war, no love. Mm -hmm. Is that meant to be a reference to Aladdin and the genie? Or is that just coincidental? Oh, that's interesting.
2: So that's a, that's a, that's a Charles idea. Um, and I think... It's not a reference to Aladdin. I mean, he never okay. mentioned it to me as being a reference to Aladdin. What, 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 what is in Aladdin? I don't remember.
3: Uh, Aladdin is, let's see, you can't bring anyone back from the dead. You can't kill anyone, and you can't make anybody fall in love. Oh, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you.
2: Well, Maybe. it's close. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. If Wizard says no war, does that mean he's not supposed to be killing people? I, I I think you guys have set up a real interesting framework with that. I really appreciate that sort of rule thing that you guys now have to maybe at least attempt to adhere to. I'm only through trade tr- two, so I can't I can't you know say that. Yeah, having, well, like, I mean, the, everything.
2: The, the the thing with um, we we like very early on the thing with having a book be about wizards and magic who could do whatever, is you have to limit it, right? Or else right. you could just solve every problem instantaneously. Um, so that's where we came up with the idea of in the issue two, he gets his magic severed from Syzygy, who's like the source of all magic. Um, and then his beard is like that uh, magic meter kind of thing. <laughs> right. and so, yeah. uh, and like I-, I thought of that and I was like, kind of like spawns countdown he used to have back in the day uh, where like his power was running out and have like the timer um so yeah like that was that was my idea for like a visual meter of how much magic wizard had was the length of his beard um but then that kind of limits what he can do based on that so uh the the no cures no war no love uh, thing was, I think, also a way of limiting what he could be doing for people. Also, like, we knew that Wizard was going to be pretending to be a good guy, so he had to put those in place so that he wouldn't do anything like truly evil. Gotcha. Right, right.
4: I believe in you, Wizard. You can do it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Um, I guess we can, we'll can. we wrap up here. Ryan, where can people find you on the internet? What should they be looking out for? I know you've got a Kickstarter, like we said, but plug it all. Go ahead, plug whatever you need to.
2: Sure. Um, well, the if you go to godhatesastronauts.com, that links you straight to the Kickstarter. Um, right now, there are nine days left on it, and I've got a bunch of fun stretch goals that I'm hoping... Um, get to send to people like uh, a PDF of the script so you know I wrote that full script for all the artists that worked on it and so the, the PDF is pretty fun it's got lots of weird jokes that are just for the person that was writing the story so it'd be fun for people to see those um, and then if we hit 40,000 uh, I'm gonna do a a new god hates astronauts mini comic that i will give only to the backers so nice. that's that's kind of exciting to me so that's at god hates uh and then i i really enjoy my i take a lot of pride in my instagram feed um which is at ryan brown art uh, brown has an e on the end um and you know it's pictures of art and jokes and uh my dumb cat so yeah it's pretty fun <laughs>
1: cool well We'll make sure to post links to that all in the show notes. Um, You can follow Tia on Twitter at Portrait of Madam X, spelled the cool French fancy way. You can follow Nick on Twitter at Death Star Plan, spelled poorly. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike Rappin. And you can follow the show at IRCB Podcast on Twitter, where we retweet a lot of stuff. And we post polls and all sorts of things. I didn't do
3: in this week because I was in Seattle. I'm so sorry for all of that, everyone. On top of that, you can go ahead and check out our Goodreads group, where we have weekly threads. Uh, we talk about what we've been reading. Uh, this week's thread was how do you sort your comics? In addition to that, go ahead and check us out over at ircbpodcast.com. It's a great place to catch up on old episodes.
4: Please rate the show and subscribe. Or if you want to let us know how we're doing personally, feel free to email us at ircb at We love to hear from you, good or bad. Just, you know, we love you.
1: Absolutely, uh, Infinity Shred is the best band in the universe. They do all of the music for our show. We can't thank them enough for letting us use their music. Uh, Xander's a wizard. He also edits the show. I think he should grow a beard to show how powerful he is, um, just like Wizard. Uh, <laughs> uh, and finally, I want to say thank you to Tia, thank you to Nick, and extra special thanks to Ryan for coming on the show. This is so super cool. Everyone should go back his Kickstarter. There will be links to that in the show notes. And till next time, may Jack Kirby's ghost watch over you.